You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the Dort Podcast. It's the Dort Podcast. Rich Keith. It's the Dort Podcast. Hashtag. It's the Hashtag Dork Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hashtag Dork. My name is Rich Keefe, joined as always by Davey Audio. He is Davey Eyeballs. He is the uh, the best goddamn co-host in the business. He's, <laughs> he's, uh, <laughs> he's the guy. He's out here doing it, you he's, know. He's camera, he's camera left. He's my, my right. Your, yeah. your left. All hail the king of ginger ale. It's Ryan Davey. Davey, how are you? After that intro, I could not. If I were any better, I'd have to be twins. Oh, that was God. that was something else. I'm tired. I'm you tired. are tired. I want to, mm-hmm. Ryan. Not to get uh, too uh, sappy, but uh, it is Thanksgiving week. Sure is. And I would like to to say thank you for being such a good co-host on the podcast and for putting in so much time. Uh, it's all pro bono. All pro. Yeah, it's 100 pro bono. <laughs> And I appreciate that. I also want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, some of you guys have been with us for th- over three years. Others I know that I've talked to have just jumped aboard recently. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Uh, Davey and I would probably do this even if we were just talking to each other on the phone. But the fact oh, yeah. that people are actually listen to it and tweet us and email us, that's pretty cool. I'll probably edit all of that out and post. But edit all that out. Put that out there. Thank you guys again. As you're probably driving to Thanksgiving, or maybe driving home from Thanksgiving, listening to this. Uh, seriously, thank you. It's been it's been great. It's been great. the The past three years have flown by, Richard. Mm-hmm. So much to the point where every time I tell my wife she wants to like make plans on a Tuesday night, I said I can't. I'm recording the podcast. She's like, Ugh. it's like the first time I've ever told her. Like I, she just, uh, just disregards this part of my life. It's awesome. I, I finally had to have that talk because, like, same with my wife. She'd like roll her eyes every single time when she's like, "What do you have on Tuesday?" I'm like, "Well, I, would, I got we'll do, do the, the podcast. podcast. Like we do it every Tuesday." And she's, I'm like, and then I finally said to her one time, "I'm like, listen, you can't act surprised anymore <laughs> because we do this every I three go, years, every single right. Tuesday." And I could see being annoyed if it was like, "Well, one week it's Wednesday, one week it's Monday, right. one day it's in the morning." Now it's, it's like Tuesday night. We record every Tuesday night, every Tuesday, night. rain or shine. We're like yep. fucking Monday Night Raw, but on Tuesday. It doesn't matter what the season is. We're recording. We're on there on we get a, We got to come up with a uh, Tuesday night. I don't know. We'll, what, we'll think of something. What about Tuesday Night Raw? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I think that's Dude, that's taken. taken. Yeah, that is taken. All right. But yep. uh, something like that is what I like. Mm-hmm. Ryan, let me ask you two questions important sure. uh, Thanksgiving related. Or three questions. Mm-hmm. White, meat or, white meat or dark meat? White. I knew you'd say that. Answer mm-hmm. for me. Dark. Um, what would be your favorite side who the know easy answer is mashed potatoes but it's not it's it's a i'm a stuffing guy i too i'm a good if it's a good stuff it's a good stuffing give me a good stuffing over you go with walnuts no i, I like it with, so. see i like it with the walnuts in it really i wouldn't mm-hmm. be opposed to it i don't have the nut allergy no i don't but Correct. i you don't but i but i still wouldn't and then what would your favorite pie be if you had to wash it all down with a nice pie? Oh, I love... And don't say poontang, Ryan. Don't be crass. Out. You don't be crass. Words out of it. <laughs> Hair <laughs> pie. <laughs> that is a reference. <laughs> That's so vile. That is a reference to Revenge of the Nerds, uh, your, a movie your... that could never, ever be remade. Your, that movie your is favorite... real rape. <laughs> So you're trying to tell me that your favorite <laughs> your favorite pie is hair? That is not what I'm saying at all. You're telling me two days before Thanksgiving. You're sitting here. You're going to sit there and tell me. That... I've known you for 20 years. And you're going to tell me that of all the pies, your favorite is hair? 
<laughs> we are up to <laughs> we are up to a rip roars. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, yes, that and pecan. <laughs> well, this deal, uh, Mac and Goo kind of have the um. <laughs> you are crying. You know this is the bad audio, but Rich Keeve is crying on the podcast. <laughs> Mac and Goo have done a nice job with all their poll questions, but I think yeah. we might have to do <laughs> pumpkin, pecan, hair, macadamia, banana cream. Banana cream. It's something ridiculous. <laughs> wow, oh, 44% oh of the vote, hair pie is <laughs> audience's favorite pie. We know what they say, Rich. <laughs> I do. More money, more problems. That's for sure true. Oh my god! Well, right, let's get to the news of the week. Oh, do we have to now? Yeah. <laughs> this week in yeah. Oh my god! I'll tell you what. We are in um, Ryan Summer calling it a golden age of television. Oh, we really are. There's three of the best shows of all time. As voted on by the hashtag dork mm-hmm. audience. Watchmen, The Mandalorian, Rick and Morty, all on. Uh, Rick and Morty, Watchmen are on Sundays. Mandalorian mm-hmm. on Fridays. It is just an absolute tour de force with these shows. Anything that you really liked or anything possibly that you didn't like from the three episodes this week? I love how in Watchmen they had this whole thing where they changed kind of the canon. They changed um, Hooded Justice story a bit, but it didn't change anything. Like they no. made like that little change to it, but it didn't change the whole rest of the story. So I don't, I can't remember a time where you've altered canon, but kept the story the same the way they did that. That was remarkable how that was done. Yeah, it's actually it's funny that you say that because we're gonna get into it on the topic du jour. There is a little bit, and and because Watchmen's a DC property. Mm-hmm. And there is some of that, like when 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 the DC comics would sort of like relaunch stuff. Yeah, they would like keep certain things that they wanted, but then they would like alter like yeah. other things, and they would change it. And this was good. This was definitely uh, much more. This episode of Watchmen more different than the other ones. Yes, it was definitely like its own like standalone thing. But I think yeah. it's important. I'm not going to get into spoilers because there's people yeah. still catching yeah, up. Yeah. But it it explained a ton. Yeah, by giving the backstory of one character, and I believe we got just three more episodes left. Three left, and I've read that it has not been picked up for a season two. And oh, da- um... da- Damon Lindelof said, if they do get a season two, he doesn't. He's probably not going to do it. So stop. I know. So this stop. might be it. This might be it. Then, yeah, I don't want to see him do it because I no. think if. It, if he was committed to three seasons, I'd say great. The cool. leftovers was three seasons. I think he'd be serious. He obviously loves the characters, mm-hmm. and he also wanted to create new ones, and the new ones are all awesome. Um, but just three episodes left, so they got a, they got a lot to kind of get to here. And not only that, but like the one thing I don't want, especially with this property, is I don't want them to like take years. I mean, this has been in development for years. Yeah, right. And it's been being written for years, and then all of a sudden, be like, "Oh shit, we got to write a whole other season," and then have it fall apart. Like, I, I need it. I need this to be like a self-contained thing. Yeah, it can't be a cash grab. You know, I hear you. I hear you. Because yeah, because that would be a real chance it would go downhill quick in oh, season quickly, two. Quickly, quickly. Meanwhile, the Mandalorian, uh, fantastic third episode, just up and up. This is the way, oh, man. Just God. trending up and up. Ryan, I love this show so much, and I just want to shout it from a mountaintop. But I don't have a mountaintop. I have a podcast. It just shout it. I love The Mandalorian. I, this hot take. Yeah. This has been better than any Star Wars movie in like 35 years. I was going to say since Empire Strikes Back. Since Empire Strikes Back, this is the best. This is, this series is the best Star Wars lore I have seen on any screen. Uh, Hard to argue that. It really is. I love a good spaghetti western. This is like Star Wars meets westerns. <laughs> it is. It's awesome. Another one where the characters are cool. I mean, Baby Yoda gets a lot of the attention, and he should because he is, he or she is adorable. Adorable. Absolutely adorable. adorable. Like 
this isn't a spoiler, but like, what, I mean, Baby Yoda, I guess, already is a spoiler. All over the internet, yeah. out there. But just the scene where like the Mandalorian is like dr- flying a ship and like Baby Yoda is just like climbing around in the back. He's just that like, is amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. It reminds he, like, falls out of the crib. Yeah, and then you just yeah. see like his little hand come up. <laughs> it reminds me, he looks just like Gizmo from Gremlins. It does there's a lot of Gizmo? Yeah, like a hairless green Gizmo. But he's he's adorable. What a what a treat this show and is. I would also say uh, the Rick and Morty episode. Uh, I think the best of the season so far. This has been really good. And just yeah. a spoof and a takedown of like, I, you and I love a good heist. Love a good but heist. Like, but, but they were right. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> like, I don't anymore. Like, Rick and Morty made me feel dumb. So like, good. <laughs> just Rick explaining it. And he's like, and this and like the heist is the whole, it was the double cross, the old switcheroo. The old it was switcheroo. Like, that, yeah. It was my plan the whole time. Yeah. And, and just then, how like, formulaic all that and forming a team like right. you have to form a team so and like good. Stuff. you so my, son of a bitch you son of a bitch <laughs> that was my one complaint about it and i won't spoil it if you haven't seen it yet but uh this is a very very minor spoiler because mm-hmm. they're like assembling teams and everything else missed an opportunity to bring squanchy back yeah squanch should have been in there just for like a scene just to bring like squanch yeah. and he goes you son of a bitch you son like, of a bitch yeah. you son of a squanch son of a squanch there's the i wrote i wrote the line for you there it is you son of a squanch love mm-hmm. it uh oh by the way speaking of the mandalorian there was a report that baby yoda merchandise was not going to be available in time for the holidays that is not true ryan because it's they coming. realize they're going to sell a ton of it so it is Apparently back on board. It's back on board, but you know what's out is I heard all the gifs that involve Baby Yoda and all these memes that are coming out. Disney is starting to crack down on all they those are. stuff. Mad. Disney is notorious for this stuff. Not good. I heard a story. I hear tales. Yeah. Of certain tattoo artists who won't tattoo Disney characters on people. Well, because Disney will like it's like a cease and desist. Like you have to get it. You get sued for that. If you could have any Disney <clears throat> character tattooed on you. Not counting the ones that you already have, what would it be? Not counting the ones I already have. <laughs> Not counting uh, the ladies from Frozen. Who would uh, it be? Now, well, now the world is wide open because now think of technically who's a Disney character. Fuck, they're all our. They, like every character I could think of. Simpsons, yeah. X-Men, Marvel Universe, Star Wars. Like I think a Yoda tattoo actually would be good or a Vader tattoo would be good. I almost... Some, yeah. I almost got lightsabers tattooed on me. I would I, go. I would go Star Wars. I think. I'm kind of glad I didn't because I know a lot. Like people have that have one. See the and people cool, that do like but... the inside of their index fingers. Less lightsabers. Oh, that's kind of neat. I was yeah. just gonna get like Luke and Vader's crossing each other like on my mm. forearm, but I decided not to do that. Ryan. Hey. Yeah. Still a lot of time left. Hopefully, hey. Still knock a lot on of time wood. left. Knock on wood. <laughs> you know. Knock on wood. Yep. Right, you see the uh, Better Call Saul season five teaser? Yeah, was it like thirty seconds, twenty seconds long? Yeah, he's in like a back of a car. It does not look like he is uh, in a very he is safe under space. Du- under duress. Yeah, very yeah. much so. This show mm-hmm. comes back February twenty third, so really just around the corner. I mean, we're practically yeah. in December. So hold on to your butts. That's I'm not that far off. That. Conflicting reports on the internet, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Last week, uh, Joker Two, Electric Boogaloo, was mm-hmm. apparently like, "Hey, they're they're making this movie," and then like the hour later, they're like, "They are not making this movie." No, someone actually went instead of popping off on Twitter and saying it, it's happening. Someone went and actually talked to Todd Phillips. Yeah, and I believe his answer was, "If they want me to do it, I'm all for it." But yeah, that's there's nothing that's news to me. That's basically. a big difference between they are making the movie. Yeah, um, I would take a Joker Two. It's but I'm not. I'm not demanding. I don't it. think I want it. it. I don't want it. Yeah, that's fine. We said, what else are you going to say there? You know, what else is it? Unless he was not really the Joker. Well, you know, they, you know no one wants to tie it in. So, like, what's the no, point? No, that's true. Just standing out there alone. Yeah. Oh, speaking of the, the Batman continues mm-hmm. to cast the hell out of that movie. John Turturro is going to play Carmine Falcone. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that guy can just, he's like a Day Lewis. He can just play anybody. He can. He was so good. Did you watch the Night of on HBO? I not did not. Show. I did not watch not a, that. Not um, a great show, but he was. He acted the pants so, off everybody. So I'm told. Yeah. Again, he was Jesus Quintana in the Big Lebowski. Yes. He played uh, what's it? Joey Kanish in the movie Rounders, which I just watched again for like the first time in ten years. The other day, it's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That was good. It's a good movie. Yeah, he, he helped Matt Damon out pretty nicely there. 
Nah, and then he didn't, you know, and then he kind of. But 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 did he though? He did. He did help him by in not the, helping. Sometimes he helped run. by not helping. I think in the long run he did. Weren't they going to mm-hmm. make a Jesus spinoff movie? It's still in the work. It's still they're still made. going to right. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, how about this casting news? This is right out of the uh, Rich Keith playbook. They're like, who might play Superman in a couple of years from now? Michael B. Jordan. It's almost like like somebody. And I was reading. You tweeted it, and I was reading the thing that's like it's just. The only reason they're not making it is because he's so busy, right? Like it yeah. has something with his schedule. Like, yeah, like that's a great idea. Because he's in a million things. And he's, he's like, twenty twenty three. Come back to me, and I'll do Superman. Like, what is that script? Fine. I don't know. Just him flying like, around, like, put a cape on him. I don't. I don't know. What about? It could be the death of Superman. Oh wait, they already did that. They already did that. Kind of poorly. Yeah, very poorly. Poorly. Hmm. Ryan, this is exciting news. I know you were you were all uh, ramped up for that Channing Tatum Gambit film. Oh, I was all in on that. All in. Not, turns out that's not happening. Turns out it was never a thing. It was never a thing. But what about Channing Tatum uh, as the Max? Yeah, so I was reading this story. Channing Tatum is now developing a movie for eight. If you're not, if you're, if you weren't a teenager in the '90s, you would have no idea what the Max is. Mm-hmm. It's an image comic. That ran from I have the dates here, from ninety three to ninety eight. It was um, it was on Image Comics, and the the idea of this, and then remember that show Liquid Television that was on MTV, and they had all those animated shorts. It was on that um, with like Eon Flux and like all that stuff. I also think Image Comics alone. Just stop right there for a second. Yeah, like now there's like a whole bunch of stuff. Even like I think The Walking Dead might be Image Comics, but there was a run in the other Dark Horse, aren't they? Uh, double check me on that. I will. I will keep talk. Keep talking though. But there was a run in the '90s, like early '90s image stuff. Yep. Which it looked amazing. Oh, the it is kid, image. You're right. It is image. Yeah. They remember they had a run of all the like Young Blood and like yeah. Stormwatch and Wildcats. all the shit. Wildcats and it all looked yeah. amazing. But there was Savage like, Dragon. There was like no story. No, there, there was, was nothing there. there it just spawn. looked cool. Spawn, Spawn was awesome. Spawn was the best one. And that was the only one that had like half a story. And that was the only one that had like any kind of legacy. Like, yeah. If you go back, but they were the ones in like, I still remember vividly being like 10 years old, looking at the rack of comics, like Marvel, DC and image and the image ones just like popped. But then when you'd go through them and you're like, what is this? This is nothing. Well, now we're going to get into this later. Obviously we're going to yeah. get into this later, but sure. um, the image comics that I remember, like you said, from the nineties that just like, what was the one, a uh, Witchblade? And there yeah. was the darkness, and there was um, obviously Spawn. They had cool uh, they, covers. Yeah, there was <laughs> super cool covers, and just the like, artists were great. The writers weren't really much of anything. No, there was, was kind of their thing. But then you had like Jim Lee comes out of that group. McFarlane, obviously, yeah. and like that oh, yeah. all stuff. So for sure. But yeah, that's the Max, the-, the Max is like on their B team. <laughs> so you think of like all those like weirdo shit that came out of Image. Do you think and this like, is going to get made? No. Okay. No shot. Because yeah. th- this is just such like a niche thing. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird. That's it has point. a little bit of like Jessica Jones. Like I remember it. There's a guy named Mr. Gone who's kind of like the purple man kind of. Mm. Um, It's super weird though. Like I don't see this ever getting made. No, you're probably right. No, I hope I'm not. I hope I'm right. <sighs> well, Ryan, that's the news that I got. You ready for mm-hmm. your news? I suppose. It's time for Davey's video game minute. Even if it takes more than a minute. All right, what do you have? We'll keep it short and sweet here. Um, I just read today that Facebook, uh, everyone loves Facebook these days. Oh, my God. Grandmas, great grandmas, they're all on there. Great aunts, you know, distant cousins who, you know, through marriage who you haven't talked to and you don't really want to. They're all there. Yeah. Yeah. so they just bought Beat Studios, which makes one of my favorite games, Beat Saber, Beat Games. So they make Beat Saber, which is one of So I don't know how I feel about this because what essentially is going to happen to Beat Saber is now it's going to be like an Oculus exclusive game because hmm. Facebook also owns Oculus. Oh, okay. So it's just one of those things that like Facebook, I just need Facebook to like shrivel up and die. Yeah, I need really, it to go hanging on there. It is, but like everyone hates Facebook. I don't, except for like my parents right. who love Facebook and that, you know, that, that, that uncle you have who just is, just, or that person you knew from childhood who's like 
just needs a place to vent political views mm. all the time. That's the Go place for it. That's the oh, place for it. Get a couple of likes because no one else wants to listen to you. Re- so re- that kind of sucks. Yeah. A uh, quick update though. Uh, Fallen Order, real good. Something you're going to need to pick up. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have to do it over the holiday season. I'm sorry. I know you you like to hold on to the wallet tightly. I do. That that Kung Fu grip on that wallet. But worth getting. You're going to have to open it up a little bit. worth getting. Uh, It has elements of like some of the cool, like it has elements of uh, Dark Souls, like uh, Starfall. Remember like the Force Unleashed games? Yeah. It has elements of that. A little bit of Assassin's Creed and like some like even like some Prince of Persia elements to it. Mm. With time manipulation and like running on walls and everything going ring with the feet going off there you know what fine get, you gotta get fine. it it's good i'll get it you like to tr- travel around kashik uh yeah i think i would you think you would right i think i would very much uh you can go to dathomir where the the darth maul is from uh-huh i've been there Son of dathomir yeah yeah sure. so i wouldn't uh wouldn't sleep on this one it's real good okay it starts off and it's it's hard to start but it gets as get the hang people, it. Yeah. it gets easier and easier yeah for sure Um, and the last thing I'll say, speaking of that, um, don't sleep every game platform right now has huge sales going on because of black Friday. So definitely if you're, if you're in that game you wanted, but you didn't pick it up because you're going to wait, get it now. I think devil may cry five was like 20 bucks right now. Now's the time. Now's the time. Now's the time to get in there. So that's it. That's uh, games. That's the way the news goes. Right. I got a uh, question for you. Are you the topic du jour? Is it my favorite pie? It's actually, what is your favorite pie? And what do you put on? Is that all a mode? What do you like? (laughs) How do you like the pie? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you asked, Ryan. It's the best comic books of the decade. This is definitely the topic out of like the four majors. This is Mm -hmm. the one that we discuss the least. Movies and TV, of course, top two. Then I'd say video games. Then last is probably comics. And it's just, it's just such a huge world. And it's something that, yeah. I wouldn't say it's fallen by the wayside because I still definitely do read my share of graphic novels and comics. It's just that, you know, you can't do everything. You can't, no. you know. And I really got back into it. Like, I remember reading like single issues as like a kid mm-hmm. and I stopped for a super long time. And then probably like as we started the podcast or just before the podcast, yeah. I started going back and like researching all the best ones and doing that. So even still now, I read more. I've read more of like the classics or like the must reads. Mm-hmm. Therefore, this list is certainly could use some work. This is just voted on by me and Davey, who don't yeah. read as many comic books. Because Ryan, you can't watch everything. You also probably more so can't read everything. But that that to say too, like I definitely like what I like, and there's definitely things on here that <laughs> I. Our re- list is like you can tell we have a type. We, we, yeah. Um, and like you could definitely tell. Who's is who's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> and we have a, there might be an author or two that we specifically. That we like. kind of hone in on. <laughs> so this is, bit. this is, uh, again, the, on our best of the decade series that we've done. And similar to TV shows, the ruling that we put in place here is the book had to have begun in 2010 or later. Yep. So it can't be a book that was like 08 to 13. I know that might be on some people's list, but that's not on ours. It has to be started in 10. It could still be ongoing, um, but it has to at the very least start in 2010. We both ranked 15 comic books. If uh, whatever comic I thought was number one got 15 points all the way down, Davey did the same. We mashed them up. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a top 20 for you, but we're really going to just highlight the top 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just rip through 20 through 11, and then sure. you, then afterwards say whatever you want about any of these. So coming in at number 20 is Batman White Knight. Coming in at 19, The Batman Who Laughs. Coming in at 18, Batman Noel. So right off the bat, we have a yeah, theme. Yeah, we have, we, have we have a thing here. Mm-hmm. We're going to read the Batman stuff. What do you want, what do you want from us? Uh, number 17, Deathstroke, uh, the Rebirth series. Uh, number 16, My Favorite Things is Monsters. Number 15, Prince of Cats. Number 14, Red Hood, The Lost Days. 13, Paper Girls. 12, Andre the Giant. And then this one really came down to me. Like Number 11 and number 10 could easily be flip-flopped. This mm-hmm. one just missed out. This one really could have been number 10. Uh, but number 11 is Mr. Miracle by Tom King. Anything so, you want to highlight there? 
Yeah, so I read the Andre the Giant. The Andre the Giant one is a is a biography actually, but it's done in graphic novel form, um, and it's actually really cool and like really touching. And they have some really cool stories about him. Um, so if you want, if you're a wrestling fan, I know that's kind of like the the fifth stone or the sixth stone that yeah, we really yeah, don't yeah. ever talk about. Yeah. Um, but if you are just kind of interested in like the type of, and I know HBO did the documentary too, but this is kind of like a, um, it's kind of like a diet that mm. you know, uh, it's not as sad. Um, and getting into the holiday season, the uh, Batman Noel, which is Brian Azzarello and um, who he's great, by the way, is that Berme- Lee Bermejo uh, did this one. And it's basically um, the uh, Charles Dickens Christmas story uh, right. with Batman. That's pretty so uh, it's actually pretty cool. So if those you are both the guys out. that did Joker. 100 bullets, right? Too? Yeah, they did 100 bullets and they did Joker. Right. Pretty good team. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like um uh so Batman White Knight I mentioned it was a pick of the pod uh earlier this year that w- that's the one where like the Joker is like a good guy or is he yep. but it's like kind of the old switcheroo uh Deathstroke is some of my favorite stuff from the Rebirth series uh Red Hood the Lost Days so it's the same author it's Judd Winnick who did Batman Under the Hood or Under the mm-hmm. Red Hood which they also did a great animated movie for and so then he wrote this. It's like four or six issues collected into one edition where it sort of tells more of the background of what happened to Red Hood or Jason Todd after he died. So mm-hmm. it's a good story. Uh, Paper Girls is by Brian K. Vaughn. They say it's like Stranger Things, but with an all-female cast. Uh, I've only read the first two volumes, but or maybe three, but it's good. And it's still they're still ongoing, I believe. Uh, and then Mr. Miracle was crazy. Kind of came out of nowhere. I think it was the 2018 Eisner winner for comic of the year. Yeah, something that was I should have checked that out. I didn't read it. It wasn't on my list because I just so, didn't I didn't read it. Didn't feel comfortable I, putting it on there. I, I feel like if you read it, it would be higher. OK, I guarantee I guarantee I think you specifically would like it. It's cool. Okay. Uh, sort of an obscure or more obscure character. And it's just a cool, cool story. On to the top 10, Ryan. Let's do it. All right. Coming in at number 10 is Moon Knight. Yeah. By Jeff Lemire. It's a Marvel story, uh, originally written in 2016. Uh, Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood is the artist. Uh, Mark Spector, uh, Moon Knight, wakes up at a mental institution, and he is told that his life as Moon Knight was a hallucination. Or was it? Or was it? And this is this is one of the more fascinating characters yeah. of, the, um, of the Marvel Universe. Insofar, like... People say like he's Marvel's Batman. I think like, initially he was basically. He, they, yeah. they, want, they were like, "Hey, we got we got a we got a guy like that." But he's, he's so much super. More now. He's crazy. Like he's yeah. they've they've taken this like split personality because it's funny. Is this the one where there's like different Moon Knights too? Yeah. Like he's he has like this one. He's like wearing like a suit, and then the other mm-hmm. he's wearing like the actual Moon Knight costume. Yeah. And then it's like he's it's like yeah. It, and and the, it explores some dark corners of that. Yeah, there it is, right there. And the cover is cool because he's in like a uh, like a straight jacket, mm-hmm. but it also is like kind of looks like his his outfit, yeah. also in a straight jacket. The first volume is just titled Lunatic. Yep. And when they said they're gonna on Disney Plus, they're gonna do a Moon Knight series, and you and I were saying, well, hopefully this is the story. Although I don't know if they can do it. I don't think you can do Disney that one. Plus that way, yeah. so they probably won't. But He's a fascinating character if they do it this way. It's sort of like Daredevil was always like a good character, and then Frank Miller made him a great character. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Moon Knight. Like Moon Knight was cool, like people liked him or whatever. But then Jeff Lemire comes around, and now all of a sudden he's like, "Ooh, this guy's got like a whole different side to him." So if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend. Moon and this Knight. is a lot of the stuff they we have on here is is exactly that. It's it's authors being given the license to kind of like take a chance. Mm-hmm. With like an under, with like a non character, mm-hmm. like or like a like a C squad character, like Moon Knight, that would you know you're not going to find him in any. I mean, he teams up with the people sometimes, but like you're not going to find him like right. in any big you know Marvel production. So like you know, take For a sure. shot, see what happens, you know, which is which is which is actually kind of cool. All right, mm-hmm. um, number nine is something I talked about on the podcast before. It's Im- again here, Image Comics. There you go. Um, a series called Nailbiter. Um, it's an independent horror comic series that was created by Josh Williams and Mike Henderson. Um, it centers around a town called Buckaroo, Oregon, which has, for some reason or another, pr- um, produced 16 serial killers. 
Oh, this is that one. Yeah. I remember you telling and, me about this. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. it takes place. So this is after the story is actually kind of cool because a, a cop shows up in this Buckaroo, Oregon town. He's the the most recent serial killer to come out of this town um, is named Edward Charles Warren, and he's known as Nailbiter. And what he does, his calling card is he actually bites the fingers oh. off of like like the fingernails, like off of his victims. Oh my god! Um, but he has—he's been caught at the start of this at the start of this whole thing. Um, but the guy who caught him has gone missing, so his partner actually shows up to the town to find him. Okay. And then the, the kind of story kind of unravels from there. But it's—I'll um, uh, check it out. Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. Like, um, um, and it—it centers around the town and like why the town has produced so many of these these serial killers and like what's going on there. So, um, definitely a cool, not so much under the radar, but something again. It's image, so mm-hmm. it's like you know the biggest of the little guys. Yeah. Um. Who's who's come out with this and uh the the art is great. It's a really cool story. Um. It is in two collected editions, I believe. Okay. And that's the whole thing. And that's the whole thing. So okay, it cool. ran from. 2014 to 2017 there's 30 issues it's done so if you want to go and read it i like definitely that. check it out that's another reason why my list i would say <laughs> for what i've read this decade is incomplete because i really like to know when it's done or at the very least yeah. i can read like eight issues at a time or whatever it is like and those, that's the, the issue i had i have a hard time keeping up with yeah well one of them one of them that's and then the, we'll get to it but okay that's my issue with one of them yeah all right number eight on our list is flashpoint Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by a, a handful of writers, mostly Jeff Johns, though. Uh, this was, of course, a DC in 2011, and this is basically what sort of changed the game and then led to the launching of the new 52, which we'll discuss. Again, DC now a few times has relaunched everything just because mm-hmm. people like to buy issues with the number one on it. They like to think that, well, I... You know, I was so far behind in the other stuff, I wasn't going to be able to pick it up. So you start fresh. So they do it. Their sales go up. There's some good stories, some not, but whatever. But Flashpoint was sort of the ending of one kind of continuity run. They There's an animated movie. So if you really don't want to read it, check out the animated movie. It's very good. They also did this angle on the CW's The Flash show. Mm-hmm. And the talk is they're going to bring it into the dceu which ryan would be their way to fix it that's their only way to fix it yeah. and they days of future past everything and get kind of get out of this toilet bowl <laughs> circling that they're doing right now and the beauty um, of it is the beauty of it is though you could keep some of the stuff that you like so yep. gail godot could still be wonder woman and other Jason people Momoa can could still be aquaman yes. and yeah and what's cool about flashpoint is <clears throat> this is the one where uh the barry allen flash is the only person that can tell, like, wait a minute, this isn't the real world. This is an altered world from where I'm coming from. And this led to some pretty cool things, including Thomas Wayne being Batman. Yep. With guns, um, right? He had guns. Guns. Oh, yeah. He had, he had yeah. guns. And, you know, because Bruce didn't make it. So that in that storyline, correct me if I'm wrong, but Bruce dies. Bruce and dies. Thomas Martha and Martha becomes, Wayne. And Martha becomes the Joker. It's awesome. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah. And then there's a huge feud between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. They are like mortal enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Superman's like a prisoner. It's a whole thing. It's pretty incredible. Um, I thought it was cool. Again, if you go back to was it the 80s when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths? Yep. And that was sort of another sort of like, you know, you read that and then they sort of relaunch some of the stories. But what's cool about Flashpoint is it kind of segues you into the new 52 and certain backstories like batman's backstory for christ's sake is going to stay the same yeah but some of the other ones they can kind of manipulate a little bit more the way that they want to do but i think it's cool and it's all just one collected edition you can just pick up flashpoint in fact i got that I think behind me here too you just read that and it's, it's not that long either and i demand that they make this into a movie and redo because then mm-hmm. you know what it does richard that i would love what's up it makes the snyder cut irrelevant oh my god with the snyder cut with the snyder cut it makes like a hike with the snyder cut it makes it moot it's just like it doesn't matter we we undid all of it anyway it doesn't matter let it go you're never gonna see it and what if what if the snyder cuts worse what if it's worse i mean what if there's a great chance it's worse there's a great chance you know you don't have any faith in joss whedon who the hell do you think you are i know right it's not like you got some slap to come in here and do it some slap dick i like that that's nice anyway 
Um, anyway, number yeah. seven on our list, uh, another image comic. Yeah, I'm sensing about, a pattern here, how about Richard. Image. How about image comic? Um, and our very first entry from Mr. Scott Snyder. We may hear from him again. We may hear from him again. The the book is Witches. It's a six issue comic. Uh, it's a limited series. Um, it's done, I think. Right? Yes. There now. It's, Snyder himself. Snyder. I, I follow him on Twitter. He's a good yeah. follow. He uh, he has mentioned he wants to do a, a Witches too. Witches mm-hmm. with a Y, by the way. If you're, if you're looking at yeah. Um, but as of right now, no, it's just that, just that one. It's just these six. So you could rip through this and maybe that's why I got kicked down the list a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it's him and a, uh, a artist by the name of Jock, J O C K who does the art for this by far today. My favorite comic artist is Jock. Um, this guy is incredible if you've ever seen any of his stuff. Um, but the other reason that I really really like this. So the series follows this girl named Sailor Rook, which is a, a really cool name. Um, and her dealing with this, uh, these witches that live out in the woods, they live in a tree. Uh, they're not magical. They're kind of like these like primordial, like weird creatures that live in this town and the town Mm -hmm. that this takes place in Richard is Litchfield, New Hampshire. How about that? Real town. How about that? Real real town town. and almost smack dab between Dunbarton Mm. and Nashua, New Hampshire. How about that? Which just happened to be episode. our whole, our respective hometowns. Litchfield also known for having a batting cage with the green monster. Yes. So that so the, other than that, there's there's these supernatural things that are happening in the town of Litchfield, um, where people are getting sucked into this tree and thereby feeding these witches. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like it's got a kind of a um, uh, what's needful things vibe to it. Where like oh, yeah, uh, yeah, you. You can, there's like this stuff that you put on, like this green, I forget what they call it. They call it like pledging somebody. Mm-hmm. But you put this green goo on them, like, you know, troll two, and that the oh, the God. witches will come take them. <laughs> right. Um, and then you get what you want. So it's kind of like this neat, You, it's like a sacrifice. So this girl, Sailor, gets pulled into this whole thing. And uh, um, I won't tell you what happens, but... Um, that's a good it's one. A, it's a nice, quick little read. The art is incredible. Um, it's got a lot of uh, scary stories vibe to it. So yeah, that was pretty if cool. If you're into this kind of horror stuff, check out Witches, Scott Snyder, and Jock. It's great. All right, Ryan. Number six on our list is Batman The Black Mirror. All right. This is Scott Snyder and Jock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's a it DC. It just is. Yep. Uh, 2011. Now, I believe this is one of the final stories, like pre-Flashpoint and then pre-New 52. This is mm-hmm. like sort of t- at the end of that run, so again, 2011. Uh, what's cool about this is it's a Dick Grayson as Batman. Yes. Because We're Bruce dying. Wayne was doing Batman Incorporated stuff, so Dick Grayson's Batman is a great Batman. We don't talk enough about Batman Incorporated and what a cool idea that no, was. No, we haven't. Um, so they had basically, it was like Batman outsourced being batman so like every country had a batman and dick right. grayson was and dick grayson ass stayed home and as this ass guy. In gotham yep and this also um i want to say this is one of the first times scott snyder had written batman and he was great at it even though it wasn't bruce wayne again it was a different story and they also give you james gordon's son mm-hmm. who is a bit of a psychopath a bit of a psycho to say the least yeah so anytime you can sort of dig into like a familiar character but then also kind of give it the old switcheroo and do like a a character that you're not as familiar with but keeping it within like that universe i thought it was pretty cool so that's another one it's just one kind of collected edition but really good i even i forgot it was this decade i had to go through because it again it came out in 2011 i read it a long time ago uh but definitely worth checking out yeah man so just to further that, uh, mm-hmm. let, let's just jump right into number five, Richard. Yes, yes. which is Batman: Death of the Family. Not I death love in the this family. one. Yeah, uh, written by, if you can believe it, Scott Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a little help from Scott uh, Lobdell, Gail Simone, and James Tinian. Um, yeah, because this, this was one where like a, they mashed up a whole bunch yes. of like like a lot of it's Batman, but it's all New Fifty Two stuff. So it's like. There's like a couple issues of Red Hood that Scott Lobdell wrote, so like those mm-hmm. get 
dumped in and like you know what i mean so you take like the whole bat family and toss it together so what's cool too is you have the the very first meeting in comics between barbara gordon and the joker again after she's been paralyzed Mm -hmm. um and this is kind of a cool and you said it takes the new 52 stuff it takes catwoman it takes nightwing it takes robin it takes batgirl red hood and kind of weaves all of these stories into one main story um and what i really really like about this um is that you get the whole point of this is the relationship between the joker and batman Mm. and what they can do to each other and there's a really cool moment in this so basically it's called the death of the family because joker's whole thing um is just to get the bat family to kind of break up um yeah so that's death so this came out 2012 2013 if you haven't read this yet i'm going to spoil it anyway so basically it ends with all of the bat family just not talking to batman anymore mm-hmm. um because he basically put them in danger um and didn't tell them uh even alfred and there's this moment this really cool moment where bruce wayne comes into arkham to talk to the joker and the Joker doesn't even doesn't even talk to him, like he knows who he is. Like the mm-hmm. like clearly, uh, like I know who you are. Yeah, and I know who I'm talking to right now. But he will not speak to him as Bruce Wayne. It's really good, and this is also the the Joker. The look, the New Fifty Two Joker look is dark. Like he and just literally yeah. cut his face off. This is the one where he cut his face off. Yeah, his face is off. And they also, again, it, it's been out, so it's sort of a spoiler, but. This was one where I was I was surprised how dark they went at times because I'm thinking New 52, it's DC, but this is sort of like just on the comic stands. You know, like it's it's Batman. Like you want to go mm-hmm. read a Batman. It's not like you're going to read some of this other stuff, which you know is for more of a mature audience. But they they give you like a little bit of a swerve because at one point you think that Joker has also cut off the faces of every one of the Batman yeah. family people, like all the Robins and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Jesus Christ, is that and it, and it didn't, but they sort of like lead you down that road. But I and, love, I love a Batman story with all of the Robins. Like when there's Nightwing, all together. Red Hood, yeah. Red Robin, and then Damian Wayne as Robin. I love that. And this was, this was uh, one of the better stories with all of them in it. And they're all like literally sitting around a table, mm-hmm. a dinner table, like yeah. having, having it out. Um, Pretty good. And I love the idea that this dawns on all the Robins at this point that like the only relationship that matters to Bruce Wayne is his relationship with the Joker. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters to him is that right. like we he will put them in in harm's way and in order to him. like he yeah. won't kill him. No. And um, how little the Joker cares who Bruce Wayne is. That's awesome. He does not care at all. All he cares about is Batman. I yeah. don't care about Bruce Wayne. I don't care about your secret identity. <laughs> right, which the is whole like impetus any is like, other villain would care about. And the whole impetus of this whole thing is he's going to divulge the identities of the entire Bat family if Batman doesn't do what he says. And he's going they're going to come into harm's way so people will know who they are and they'll, you know, but at the end it doesn't really matter because he never it's had great. the names. It's great. Yeah. And so you can get this too as like a collected edition, but it is it's thick. Because it's, it's a just a one. bunch of issues mm-hmm. from a bunch of... And it kind of jumps around character to character. Yeah. But it's done in, in sequence. But it like jumps... It'll jump... It'll have like a couple Batgirls. And you right. have like a Red Hood. And then yep. you'll have a Batman. You know, So yep. it'll be jumping around character to character. But it's all one centralized story. And I certainly didn't read all of the new 52. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much of it. And they sort of started with 52, as you can imagine. New, sort of new series... Then some of them got cut because of sales. Then new things got added. And there was a whole run up until Rebirth, which is came out a couple of years ago. But this is one of the highlights for me of the entire mm. New 52 run is what they were able to do and kind of merge all these stories together, right? Yeah. Whether it was uh, Batgirl or Catwoman or whoever, all of them together was awesome. But that also goes kind of hand in hand with number four on this list. And we Wait, sort of... Time out. Time yeah. out. Can I just say something before you do this? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is the last one, we swear. <laughs> this is the last one. 
Listen, they're good. When they're good, they're good. <laughs> Number four uh, is also a Batman. This is quite a run on Batman that, here. We are living in kind of like the, this Batman renaissance. Yeah. Where like Batman has become like kind of the coolest character in all of comic lore. Yeah. Um, and, and like all the best writers get a chance at them too. Like Scott yeah. Snyder is so good. But then Tom King's run has been really good. Mm-hmm. And then Snyder swoops. Like if you're reading the Rebirth stuff, Tom King's doing it who's really good. But then there's also all-star Batman. So it's these different stories that Snyder can write. And then I'm looking forward to, I haven't read any of it yet, but that whole Batman who laughs and the yeah. Batman metal stuff, I'm yep. going to get all of that soon. Or like I'm Damned. There's another one. Damned. Like, I'm damned, going to get that. Yeah. yeah there's, there's like a DC black label. Yeah. And it's all stuff that's like for mature audiences or whatever. So I'm looking forward to that. They're trying to be image. Yeah, they're right. They saw their success. Yeah. Uh, Number four on our list, and again, this sort of this is actually pre-death of the family. Yeah. But this is the whole Batman, the Court of Owls, the City of Owls, the Night of Owls, like all of that stuff. I sort of melded them together because I think you had Night of Owls on your list. I had Court of Owls Owls, on my list. But basically, when the New Fifty Two launched, um you had to have a good Batman story. Otherwise, yep. I think the whole thing would have failed. And Scott Snyder wrote Batman. And we all know all of Batman's villains by now. Like, there's a million of them. And they're good. So the idea of creating a, a whole new group of villains, I think, it sounded crazy. I would have been like, it's not going to work. But for Scott Snyder to create, and Greg Capullo, who, who did the art on this, mm-hmm. to, for them to create the whole idea of the court of owls and like tie them into Gotham city and have like that whole kind of like secret society angle to it. And like how deep they run in Gotham history was great. And so you could still make like mix in some of his traditional villains, but it wasn't just a retelling of like, Oh, here he is against Mr. Freeze again. Like here he is again. Like they, they focus so much on the court of owls and how much they knew and what they wanted out of Batman, what they wanted out of Dick Grayson and all of this stuff. So, that is, you can pick those up. The first two, three um, collected editions of uh, the New Fifty Two Batman stuff is all the owl stuff. It's great, and the owls, the owl obviously is this this secret society in Gotham who kind of oversee. They're kind of like the Illuminati of of Gotham mm-hmm. with their own muscle. Who's what's his name? Talon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, who is tied to the Grayson family? Mm-hmm. So there's this whole thing, you know. So it's actually. It's pretty deep. Like they they're taking the mythology kind of somewhere else, which is which is kind of right. cool. Right. Um exactly. which, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air for the Batman universe. Um so yeah, it's super good stuff. Check that, that's, check it out. That's a lot of Batman stuff. Um mm-hmm. but we're done with Batman, Ryan. Let's we're done with the, Batman. Let's three? get to the top three. The podium. Right, so on the podium, and this one absolutely, absolutely took me by surprise. Um, and this is Matt Fraction. Um, did a run for Marvel in 2013 of actually Hawkeye. My life is a weapon. Who would have thought? Um, it, huh? Who would have thought? And and this was, I think, two number two on my list. Um, yeah. And it's just a like a really cool imagining of like so you've seen and this came out you know after event like after Avengers. So you have Hawkeye's kind of become like this renner character like he's really cool uh before that he was kind of lame yeah um probably like the lamest avenger um but this is kind of a a reimagining of this character and you get kind of like this backstory with him and not only that but you get kind of reintroduced to kate bishop who becomes the next hawkeye um Mm -hmm. and this whole time this whole thing they're trying to work together and they're trying to um and it's almost like they're pushing each other this throughout this whole story. Mm. Um, and there's like this competitive nature between the two of them. Um, and it, there's, there's a lot of friction between the two characters, uh, kind of like a, you know, father, daughter, like an absentee father, daughter kind of thing, seeking the approval of the father, but never really getting it because he's always going to try to be better than her. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a very well done story, um, for a character that kind of needed it. Um, yeah for sure and could use it and like that's the thing is like you can dip in and you're not like oh man how am i going to compare with all these other great hawkeye stories you know like you have you have a chance to make it your own i have actually not read this i have held this in my hand at the store a few times and i'm like do i want to read this do i want to get this 
and um, then I haven't. So and I think you maybe do I should. only because it takes place in the Marvel universe, but it's a completely self-contained story. Like they they mention things that have happened. They'll talk about Civil War. They'll talk about the Avengers versus the X Men or something mm -hmm. like that. But they never before. really like get involved. So it's this relationship between um, Clint Barton and Kate Bishop, which I I. It has to be the basis of the show. I don't know anything really about the show that's coming out on Disney Plus, but, but this has this like has to be, be. it. Yeah. Like they have to pull it directly from this because this is so well written. Um, and it, you know, it's 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 it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's not dark. It's not one of those like super like heavy things. Like mm -hmm. they're still shooting boomerang arrows and doing like crazy stuff. But like, yeah. it's nice. That's pretty it's just cool. A and it's one of the better just self-contained stories i've read in you know this 10 years of, of yeah. comic book reading that's good so yeah all right number two and i i honestly think one and two could go either way oh yeah i think you could flip flop mm -hmm. these uh but number two is saga by brian k vaughn and fiona staples brian k vaughn also wrote paper girls he also wrote why the last man he wrote ex machina uh a few other things you could you could he's he's like He's on the short list of people that if he puts out something new, you you have to go you pick read it up. You yeah. have to. This is actually still ongoing. There's currently 54 issues out. Or if you do it like I do and read the volumes, there's nine volumes and counting. And the reason, the reason it's not number one on my list is because it's, it's, it's not done yet. Yeah. So I've actually read eight of the volumes. So I have not. I am not up to speed on this, but it's just so good. It's described as a uh, epic space opera. Uh, heavily influenced by Star Wars. Some believe that it is a Star Wars Game of Thrones mashup. Mm -hmm. uh, the main characters are a husband and wife, Elena and Marco, who are from long, warring extraterrestrial races. So they're from two different planets. One hates the other, but they got together. They Bit have of a kid. Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. Uh, absolutely. The, the, but it works out. The Montagues, yeah. the Capulets. So yeah. they, are, they are on the run. They have a daughter named Hazel who is born at the very beginning of the series. Mm -hmm. And then she also kind of narrates it at times. Yes. You know, she does that. Like she's an, she's like an unseen adult narrating the thing. So you're like, you're fascinated to see where this is going to go. My favorite character though, in the whole show is lying cat. I'm not a big cat <laughs> fan, but there's this one dude uh, named the will. Who's like a yeah. bounty hunter is a great character too. And he has a cat who can tell when you're lying. And yeah. it's great. So, like, if you say something to him, you're like, "Oh, hey, you're you're good looking." Because just he looks at you, just like lying, lying. <laughs> yeah, that's like that, that my favorite part of the whole thing. Just like lying, lying. lying. But <laughs> I'm excited to see where this thing goes. It's crazy. Like, it's definitely it's if you like Star Wars, it's worth giving it a go because it's got you got all these different planets, you got all these different people. There's violence. There's sex in this. There's there's all oh, kinds there's of stuff. nudity. There's, there's nudity. There's killing. There's chilling. There's a whole bunch of cool. It's very adult, and that what's is. funny is the art. The art of this. Uh, who does the art in this? It's, I think um, this is Fiona, Fiona Staples. Staples. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's very like whimsical. Like it's very colorful. It's very mm -hmm. like pinks and blues and like all sorts of like fantasy colors. But that it, it's gritty at times. And then there's some heavy stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the art again. Th that's one of the things that I always pay attention to when I'm doing things, when I'm reading these types of books is you pay attention to the art because the art says so much about the writing and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's, it's great to see when they kind of go hand in hand, when they kind of just like dovetail into each other, which is nice. And this, this, I would say saga does this better yeah. than any of these things we mentioned before. Um, the yeah, art probably. and the writing go kind of hand in hand, which um, you notice it immediately too. And that's why too, like, and I know there's like a lot of writers and I follow some of them like on, on Twitter and as they should be, like they're very defensive of the everybody else that's on the team. Like the mm -hmm. writer is usually like the first name, but it's really it's the artists that like bring it to life, you know. Oh, yeah. And so when you're paired up, and that's why you'll see a lot of times a writer artist team do multiple things together, just because they they work so well together. And just because the guy or the girl is the artist doesn't mean they don't also give input on like what the character might say or do, you know? Right. So like, that's why they, the, the teams work so well. Uh, like Jeff Loeb and Tim sale, the guys that did uh, the long Halloween, which is my mm -hmm. favorite thing. They also did the whole 
Marvel like color series, like Daredevil Yellow, yeah, Daredevil Hulk, Yellow, uh, Gray, Spider-Man, all, Blue, Blue, yeah, and uh, Captain America White. Like they worked together on all of that. They did Haunted Night. They did all they they did all that together. And you're like, yeah, no shit, because like once you get in that rhythm, yeah. you know, and then you know, like your character's voice is also going to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples saga could easily be number one, but we got it uh, at number two. We got it at number two, and so at number one, um, and this should come as no surprise. We've heaped so much praise on this series that um, I'm. Oh, by the way, we forgot to mention too that um, witches has been optioned by Plan B, Brad Pitt's production company. So they bought the rights to this, and they're going to make a movie. Okay, interesting. So that's good. So I, I think Saga. Someone talked about Saga being option for a movie. Yeah, but I think I, I might have even been Brian K. Vaughn in an interview was like, yeah, I like I certainly didn't design this to be a show. I think it'd be crazy to make this a show. Yeah, it'd be so difficult. I think too, it'd be incredibly difficult to do. Um, but anyway, so number one, and another thing that should absolutely be optioned into a series, a, a series, at least a series, mm-hmm. maybe a trilogy of movies, um, and that is. 2010 to 2013 the very first thing i read this decade scott snyder and Raphael albuquerque's american vampire now also we forgot to stephen king actually wrote two of the stories in this as well yeah like, right in the beginning, beginning of the run and he loved it yeah and i loved it it it's, was it's I, really good i think it's how many it's um like eight books maybe or is it more it's than that? 34 issues That's and then there's like much. but like there's like these like little shots is like they call them like one-offs like one shots of these things that like it's just like a single contained story yeah, at the end but like i think the yeah. actual story all the way through is not too many issues I, or I, like uh collected editions or books or whatever you want to call it and give that list it is fucking incredible it is really it is um so the story follows probably one of the best comic book characters to come out of this decade yeah and that is uh skinner sweet I bet I think he is. I think I don't, I don't think you can top him. Who and the story kind of goes. It's told from the perspective of a woman by the name of Pearl Jones, who becomes kind of like Skinner's like underling. Mm-hmm. He he makes her a vampire, but it's an amazing idea in that vampires now have like species, and Skinner Sweet is the first American vampire. Right, like the American-born vampire, and like what that looks like, um, and so he's um, think of like a Billy the Kid character who's been, you right. know, he's an outlaw in the Wild West who's been, which is the fucking coolest thing ever, by the way. <laughs> like having like this, like yeah. Billy the Kid. What if Billy the Kid was a vampire? They, they, I think we're looking at it, or like Wild Bill Hickok was a, uh-huh. was a vampire. Here you go, right? And like what that would look like. So he gets in a fight with somebody. Um, it, who happens to be a vampire, the blood drips into his eye and he becomes like this American vampire, which is completely different than any of the other vampires. Um, Do you think the reason why it's not a show yet is because we sort of hit that like vampire, like with true blood and... um what was the fu- oh, Twilight? Like, did, did we sort of hit that and now we're done with vampires? And that's why you don't think it's I there? Think, yeah, I think they're waiting for like, it to come um, back or something. Because this, this story is, is off the, like, it, it's perfect for a movie. So, the first or, episode or of show. True Blood, the first episode of True Blood came out in 2008. So, yeah. this was after True Blood. So, I mm-hmm. think like vampires were, I think you said Twilight and like all that stuff. Like, vampires mm-hmm. were a hot thing. There's vampire diaries on CW. Yeah. Like, vampires were everywhere for a while. But this was like. Yeah, cool. I think of like this and like 30 Days of Night are t- probably two of my favorite vampire stories. But the coolest thing about this is the right it, it follows Skinner Sweet and Pearl Jones throughout several big moments in American history. So you have like the Wild West and then she's like an up and coming actor in Hollywood. Yeah. It's like the golden age of Hollywood. So that that comes into it. Yeah, that's what's um, cool about like vampire stories is like you can time travel with them. Yeah. And there's some sort of like <laughs> Nazi <laughs> Uh, moment with them mm-hmm. i don't get too much into the story yeah. but it was uh yes yeah, so, but you get to see all of the different types of vampires and so it's actually really really cool so apparently um, the so like you were saying there's 34 issues so the the main 
story is in five collected editions, but then they keep writing stuff and they have like anthologies right. and, and things like that. And that runs another four. So like if you go to the bookstore or if you go to the library or you go to Amazon, there's nine total collected editions, but one through five is really kind of what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then they even have some guest writers on some of them. I think actually Jeff Lemire has part of a story. Uh, Gail Simone, Jason Aaron, they all have part of a story. But Scott Snyder's the main guy throughout at least all the stuff that really And matters. I think in the first the first issue, so like Stephen King wrote there was four stories and Stephen King wrote two of them, Scott Snyder yeah, wrote yeah, two yeah. of them. Um and it's so cool to have like this character, Pearl, who's like, you know, this new vampire who's trying to kind of trying to figure out how to still be human, and then Skinner just keeps showing up mm-hmm. like in her <laughs> life as someone else. You know, so he leaves the Wild West, goes to Vegas, starts running a brothel. Like he just like keeps coming in and out of her life. And And you're just interesting guy too, because you're like at times you want to root for him, at times you don't. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those characters. Yeah, for sure. But it's if you're not if you're gonna pick something up, number one with a bull. Was this number one on your list too? This was two. One or two, I forget. It was this and Saga. Let me, let yeah, me so I out. went back and forth, and I said I think that gives this the edges. Saga's not done. You know, I, I no, it was no. This was number one. Nope, it was American yeah. American Vampire was one. Saga was two. Death of the Family was three. All right, there you there go. go. Pretty good list. So uh, real good list, man. Real quick, um, ten to one. Uh, Moon Knight. Uh, Nailbiter at nine. Number eight was Flashpoint. Seven, Witches. Six, Batman the Black Mirror. Five, Batman Death of the Family. Four, Batman, really the whole Owls series. Yep. Uh, number three, Hawkeye, My Life is a Weapon. Two, Saga. And one, American Vampire. This uh, Good shit, man. Brought to you by Scott Snyder. With Scott <laughs> Snyder and Batman. Um, to be, I only, I think I only had one Batman story on my whole top 15. And that yeah. was uh, that was had, death of the family. I had a ch- no. You had um, I had the owls. I had owls on there too. Yeah, you had owls on there. Yep. Uh, yeah. So that was a good, pretty good decade. And again, we've missed a lot of stuff. So feel free to email us dorkpodcast at gmail.com and to tweet <clears throat> us at dorkpodcast. Some of the other good stories uh, that we missed from the and decade. we probably we probably should have mentioned at the top of this too. All of these. So, like with the, I put a couple of actual graphic novels in the honorable mentions, mm-hmm. but most of these we said best comics. So there, I separate. I don't know if you you do this as well, but I separate graphic novels and comic books into two separate categories. I don't. So, I guess I don't. I think I just run them all together because what I usually do, like I said, is I'll wait until like if you take eight issues uh, or mm-hmm. seven or eight issues of like red hood and the outlaws. Yep. I won't read them until they are in a collected edition. And right. It's like the one book. And then I'm like, that's the same to me as like a one-off graphic novel. But the th- so like the, like Andre, the giant mm. and my favorite thing is monsters. Like those are graphic novels. Like right. those are written as one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of like to differentiate those two. So what we, we when we said best comics of the decade, yeah. so obviously there are, are other graphic novels that are wonderful, but they're not comic books, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I just feel like um, I like to differentiate the genre because I don't think. Well, because I think what they've done at least is like so Batman, the new 52 run, for example, mm-hmm. if you just took that. You're like that's not really a graphic novel to me. That's like a thousand issues a of thousand whatever. issues of a, of a but what they usually yeah. do is they give you like stories, right? right? So it's like Court of the Owls, then it's Death of the Family, then it is like at the the last one was called Endgame, and mm-hmm. so there was like with oh, all, within all the issues, creative. No, I know, <laughs> uh, but like within all of those, they they had that like you could just grab a story that you want out of it. So it's not like yeah. a run on a never ending thing. Uh, Ryan, you ready for the pick of the podcast? Yes. Pick of the podcast. Pick of the podcast. All right. Would you like to kick, receive, defer, or defend a goal? I will receive. Okay. And I have two this week. Hmm. Uh, so first and foremost, last week of November, if you guys have yet 
to check out the site, uh, get involved, donate, whatever you want to do. Just please get yourself uh, more educated on, on men's uh, issues facing men's health. Uh, please do so. Uh, mobro.co backslash Arvon D. Please go and check that out. That's always the first pick of the pod. So last week of November this year, so I had to get that last one in. Um, and the next one is something I will watch immediately following the taping of this podcast. Um, and that is a new comedy special by Mike Berbiglia called The New One. Hmm. Um, have you are you familiar with Michael Berbig, Mike Berbiglia? I, Shrewsbury's own Mike Berbiglia? Yes, I, I am. I am. Um, I love, I don't even call it stand up. I think Mike Berbiglia is a master storyteller. Each one of his stand up specials that I've seen have basically told one singular story that kind of loops back on itself. And um, so we had one, it was like my boyfriend's girlfriend, which is dealing with like relationships. And then there was one, thanks God for jokes, which was basically his musing on what it means to tell a joke and how, why things are funny. And this one is called the new one, which at first glance means like, oh, it's his new comedy special, but it's actually talking about becoming a father and having his new person in, in his life and what that <clears throat> meant to him in, in terms of like who he is as a person. So I will definitely go and check that out as soon as this is over. And I, I haven't even seen it, but I'm telling you it's great right now. Okay. Very good. There you go. Um, I pick up the podcast, Ryan. How about this? Cause it's Thanksgiving week, planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you don't watch planes, trains, and automobiles after football on Thanksgiving, you are not a real person. That's all you can do. Is planes, trains, and automobiles, the best Thanksgiving movie in the world. In the history of mankind. Yes. Can you name any other ones? Was the uh, the ice storm, was that a Thanksgiving movie? Yes, it was. I think it was. I think it was. Because there's a whole scene with Oliver Platt like ripping the turkey leg off and eating <laughs> it. Yeah. There's like a couple, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, next, The only line I remember from that movie is from that scene where he shows up drunk to his ex-wife's house and the boyfriend like drags him out of the house. <laughs> and he's he's like all disheveled and like he's sitting with John Cusack and he said he says that boy hurt my tummy. <laughs> Classic line. Which I thought that was super funny. Dark comedy, the ice storm. Not as good as planes, trains, and automobiles. No. no. Uh, Ryan, next week, best movies of the decade. I don't know how we're gonna get through that. Like, let's set the ground. Are we doing my favorite movies or what I consider to be the best movies? To me, they're the same thing. They're not the same thing to me. To me, they are. We're going to have to take that off the air. You could. You, okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure but it out. It's going to be daunting to say the least. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, you guys can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and everywhere else that podcasts are available. You can follow us on Twitter at Dork Podcast and Instagram. Mm -hmm. YouTube.com slash Dork Podcast. You can watch this very episode on the YouTube and you can email us anytime. Dorkpodcast at gmail.com. Ryan, anything else? Uh, enjoy the hair pie this, <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> One slice at a time. One slice at a time.